You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going on, everybody? It's that time again. It's a Sooners Illustrated podcast, episode 56 on a Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. Josh Calloway, James D. Jackson, Tom Green, packed show today. We waited a day to do some scheduling things, bumped the Monday show over to Tuesday, and we got a lot to talk about. Staffing changes for you football. They picked up a commit right. in the 2025 class, men's and women's hoops, big weekend of action. Teams are going in opposite directions right now. We'll talk about that. I know you softball season starts on Thursday. Patty Gasso, they held their media day on Monday. James was there. We'll break that down as well. A loaded Tuesday show. We're covering multiple sports, recruiting, on coaching staff. It's a lot, a lot going on uh, in the middle of February. And we're going to break it all down. I do want to start the show, guys, though, on, on a somber note. Early this morning, Toby Keith, most people tune, tuning in know uh, by now, I'm sure. Passed away peacefully um, last or early, early this morning. Woke up to the news. Um, the official put out from his you know social media accounts was I think like two a.m. Uh, overnight. Most OU fans are very familiar with Toby Keith, obviously country music legend, things like that. But a diehard, diehard OU fan, and not you know not just an OU fan in the in the sense of oh he liked OU. He's from Oklahoma. Every OU football game for years, home, road, the LNC. On Monday nights, they're playing, you know, they're they're 10 games below 500, and they're playing TCU or something. He would be there, men's and women's hoops. He goes to tons of softball games and baseball games. Die hard and uh, very close friends with Joe Cicillione and Bob Stoops and the whole he's, – he's, he's a part of the program, part of the university without, like, really being a part of the university. Um, he'll be sorely missed. Rest in peace. Thoughts to his family. Wanted to make sure we got that out there. Um, really tough news to wake up to this morning. Um Battled with cancer for a few years. He's still been very active. You know, kind of one of his lasting memories would be after softball won the national title last June. He's out on that stage. I'm sure you guys have seen the video singing with the team, setting mm-hmm. the celebration kind of after party. That's how he was. He was everywhere. Huge part of OU sports. Just want to make sure we acknowledge that off the top. Uh, thoughts again with his family. And he'll be sorely missed, obviously, among OU fans and the OU uh, University and flight department and all that good stuff. So, again, Thoughts with his family, rest in peace, the legendary Mr. Toby Keith. So, not easy to pivot off that, but we'll do it as we shift. Obviously, like we said, we got lots of OU football things to get to. We'll start with the surprise, I guess, surprise kind of bombshell coaching staff move yesterday. Parker Thune, OU Insider, the first report. Jay Nunez, who's a special teams analyst, special teams coordinator, Moving on, he's going to Alabama. I was able to quickly confirm it thereafter. Sources told Students Illustrated he is, in fact, taking that job and heading over to Alabama. Been with OU the last two years. Brent Venables hired him. He was at Eastern Michigan before that. Lincoln Riley infamously just didn't have a special teams coach, a designated special teams coach. Brent Venables addressed that with Jay Nunez. Guys, I guess, reaction to Nunez moving on here to Alabama do you think, oh, you replaces them? Is this maybe going to be a net good thing? Obviously, we talked about it during the season. Special teams wasn't great for OU this past season. I guess overall reaction to, uh, you know, kind of, a again, an unexpected move in February to lose, again, not an on-field staffer, but kind of a key member of your of your football you know, operation staff here. We'll see where they go from here. But, you know, a little bit of a surprise here with Nunez moving on. 
Yeah, definitely a little bit of a surprise. I mean, just when you think the coaching carousel is finally stopped, it kind of takes another turn there. Um, so I was a little bit caught off guard by that. But, you know, like you said, um, special teams was a little bit of a weakness this year. You know, in his first year with the program, you know, they finished 39th in SP plus, you know, the ESPN advanced metric that takes into account uh, tempo and is adjusted for opponents. And, you know, 39th is pretty good. This past season, though, they took a step back to 94th. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've talked about the, you know, some of the weaknesses there. Obviously, Zach Schmidt missed six kicks each of the last two years. It was two of five on attempts of 40 plus yards this past season. You know, they had that blocked punt for a touchdown. Um, against Texas in the Red River rivalry game. Um, Gavin Freeman muffed a handful of punts, and it just felt like an adventure every time he was back there fielding it at points this season. But it wasn't all bad. Um, obviously, like once Luke Elzinga kind of emerged as the starter at punter, he was great over the second half of the year, averaged like 46 and a half yards per punt attempt, had three games where he averaged north of 50 yards. They finished top 25 in fewest yards allowed per punt return nationally this season. And then obviously Peyton Bowen emerging as kind of a dynamic playmaker there with a couple blocks leading the Big 12 in that category. So it was, it was certainly a mixed bag. Um, so it's hard to say right now whether it's going to be a net positive or a net negative. Um, obviously, he's a guy that, you know, Brent Venables trusted and was comfortable with. Um, and look, he's a big reason that they got Luke Gelzinga this past year because they were both, you know, from a smaller school in Michigan before that. Obviously, Luke Gelzinga coming over from Central Michigan. Um, Jay Nunez at Eastern Michigan before being in Oklahoma. So there was a familiarity there. But yeah, de definitely a little bit of a surprise. It's definitely a surprise. I mean, you kind of start to see what like he was trying to do. He was trying to turn things around with some of the guys that he was bringing in. I mean, we talked about it a lot. They come from the state of Oklahoma. Those guys like Liam Evans, the kicker from Moore, who's ranked number mm -hmm. seven in the nation. And then he tries to bring in Seth Freeman. We didn't try to. He brought in Seth Freeman, who's, you know, the number one long snapper in the country, which is something that you don't really think there's rankings for. But he, he's he's an outstanding kid. So you got things like that. He's trying to bring guys in to really turn things around because everybody knew that Oklahoma wasn't playing up to their standards in the special teams section this past year. I mean, that was everybody understood that. And I and I saw that he was trying to bring in more guys. So, you know, that type of effort, you, you kind of appreciate it. And then to have this happen is like, yeah, that, that's a little surprising because you, you thought he was there for the turnaround and, and really, you know, helping the team out. But it seems like he has to do what's best for him as well. You know, you get a better yeah. offer somewhere else and, and you got to take it. I mean, it's, it's coaching. So that's the, that's the, that's, that's college football for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what his actual, his official title will be at Alabama. Um, Cause they, they haven't really publicly announced any of their staff hires outside of Kalen DeBoer. Um, so I, I'm curious to see because, you know, everybody I spoke to, you know, from what's been reported, they, they already had their 10 on-field coaches allotted, basically. So if he's leaving, is, is he going to be an on-field coach? How are they going to kind of configure that? Um, is he going to still be an analyst that's overseeing special teams? Uh, one thing that is worth noting, their most recent hire um, that was, I believe, reported yesterday or the day before, but uh, William Inge, who was the co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach at Washington with Kalen DeBoer, you know, he has a background as a special teams coordinator, too. So are they going to work hand in hand overseeing special teams? I'm, I'm just really curious to see how that works out, because, you know, if it's a lateral move, like, is it more money? Because it is Alabama and they basically print money over there um, with the football yeah. program. But 
uh, definitely just interesting timing, interesting move. Didn't really see that coming or expect that at this point. But you know, I'm curious to see where you know Oklahoma goes from here. You know, does you know Brent Venables kind of divvy that responsibility to some of the coaches? Because look, even in even when you have a special teams coordinator, it's kind of all hands on deck with special teams because you have a coach that's, you know, working with the punt return unit, one that's working with the punt block unit, one that's working with the field goal unit, one that's working with the kickoff group. Um, There's just a lot of pieces in motion. So I'm curious to see how that kind of shakes out with, uh, with this staff. For sure. And like I said, it's funny because Lincoln Riley didn't have a special teams coach and Oklahoma special teams, as you would probably guess, were not very good. Uh, In 2021, it was a major problem. And Lincoln was asked directly a couple of times, if you thought about bringing in a special teams coach, he always said, no, uh, just <laughs> no wiggle room, shut it down. No, no interest in doing that. So when Brent Venables hired Jay Nunez, there was a major hallelujah for a lot of fans because they needed some correcting. And like Tom said, it took a very positive step that first year. Last year it went the wrong way. But I certainly, you know, talking to sources, didn't get the impression that there was any friction here. Like the until – yeah. You know, a week ago or whatever, the intention was to move into year three, Nunez, Oklahoma. He was happy to OU. OU was happy to have him back. But then, kind of like James said, college football, Alabama comes coaching, comes a calling. Um, I think this is a pretty hefty pay increase for him. And like Tom said, maybe on field. I don't know. That remains to be seen. But it's a step up in just the job ladder and uh, couldn't turn it down sort of a thing. So, like Tom said, we'll see where Oklahoma goes. Do they bring somebody in? Do they just – community it for the season and then look to address it next year. I, you know, it's February, so kind of weird timing, but uh, interesting little staff change there. And we'll keep an eye on it and see how it affects the special teams play, which wasn't great. Obviously last year, that was kind of the funny thing that the, a lot of the public sentiment, you know, from our VIP members and just kind of looking around getting the pulse of the fan base was no loss here because of the special teams wasn't great. Again, I, I get the impression, Oh, you liked Jay Nunez, didn't want to lose him. But it could end up being a positive depending on how it goes. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. And, and the other thing that's kind of interesting is obviously, you know, Jay Nunez is an Oklahoma native. So he's, he's right. in his home state. And, you know, he's never coached, you know, him and Kalen DeBoer have never crossed paths, but they both spent time at, uh, I believe it was Southern Illinois, just not at the same time together. So there's probably some connections there. And they've known, they probably know each other through other coaching connections um, over their careers. So, uh, Interesting little tie in there just to, you know, yeah, in, in the coaching industry, you know, when you see moves, it, it's always about, you know, connect the dotted line, see, see how they knew each other or where they crossed paths. So that's, that's my guess is that they probably have some uh, shared contacts from their time at uh, Southern Illinois. It's been a, it's been a pretty interesting off season so far. I mean, and it's, and it's kind of like all the, you know, the people that a lot of the Sooner fans had issues with throughout the season at some point in time, like, Dylan Gabriel, Jeff Levy, you know, Ted Roof, Jay Nunez. I mean, it's like, it's weird how it's all like the the, the people that the OU fans kind of, you know, had a love-hate relationship <laughs> yeah. with throughout oh, the season. Right. And it, they're all kind of gone now. And it's like, hmm, okay, that's that's some yeah. side si- to see. So it's weird. We'll see. We'll see how it, uh, if these are the right moves. Yeah, see not. if it plays we'll, out right. We'll find for, out. We'll yeah. find out. That's a good point. So we'll keep an eye on it. Obviously, whenever we find out, if they are making a hire to replace, things like that, we'll let you know. I'm sure we'll talk about it on the podcast as well. Be sure to come a VIP subscriber, Oklahoma247sports.com. We'll keep you posted on that, staffing changes and things like that. On the recruiting side, Oklahoma, back on the board in the 2025 class. had been a little bit, but they 
Brought in Ryan Foggy, three-star offensive tackle from, I believe it's Cypress, Texas. Yes, yeah, Cypress, Texas. He's our 27th-ranked offensive tackle in the class, top 50 player in the state of Texas, which obviously is um, the best high school football state there is. Produces lots of players that Oklahoma has added to the roster over decades and decades. So they bring him in. He's a second offensive lineman in his class. Joins Owen Hollenbeck, who you guys have probably heard. Um, listeners to the podcast probably heard Colin Kennedy talk about several times as a, a guy that they really are high on. 11th commit in the class. They're ranked 5th in 2025 right now. It's really early, so rankings, what do you do with it? But when you're high, you can – when you're high in the rankings, you can say, oh, look, we're high. If you're low, you can say, who cares? It's too early. But they're high right now, so you get to pump <laughs> it with team number 5. What do we think here? Uh, obviously, another offensive line get. Um, this class, especially on the offensive side, is really shaping up nicely early. Lots of receivers. You got Kevin Sperry, a couple of linemen now. Really good offensive group right now, and it is still early. Um, what do we think about uh, Ryan Foggy being the latest pickup here for Oklahoma? Yeah, I think a lot of people might kind of, you know, turn their nose up at the, you know, oh, another three-star commitment. Um, but at, th at this point, because like you still have a full year of development sure, and, yeah. and evaluation here. But what what I really look at in these types of situations is not so much the rating, but the offer sheet. You look at some of these schools that have offered him: mm -hmm. Oregon, Arkansas, Texas, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Missouri. You know, obviously a lot of SEC schools there. Oregon, which is basically SEC way west. Um, the way the way they kind of recruit and they build their program, so he he's a guy that is you know very coveted. Um, a lot of schools believe he is a you know SEC caliber offensive lineman. And you look at his frame, you know six five two seventy five right now before his senior year. Um, you know he he's going to get bigger. You know just to, you know imagine what a off season in the Jerry Schmidt uh, strength and conditioning program is going to do to him to help shape that body and you know fill out that frame. Um, and again, offensive lineman, it's just always such a developmental position. Um, but. Uh -oh, Tom's typing away at something. No, nah, my, 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 my screen went dead for some reason. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have breaking news somewhere. Offensive line is, you know, such a developmental position. Um, you like to see that kind of frame that, that, you know, the bones are there to work with it. And clearly, yeah. other other big programs see that in him too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good pick. I mean, as we said, each time we get an offensive lineman over at OU, it's a it's a big deal because that's that's what everybody's wanting at this at this point in time with going into the SEC is that that line of scrimmage, getting offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and I think so far the defensive line class is is spectacular as it is. I mean, you, you don't really need to add much more. You just you just add to an already stacked unit. I think at this point in time, so getting more offensive linemen is a big deal. And I mean, even with with uh, with Fudgy, you got another guy and and Evan McClure out of Bixby who, who's who's coming yeah. in as well from 2024. He's a he's a PWO, so he doesn't have the biggest you know splash of a of a get. But he's I mean he's the same exact size as Fudgy right now coming into the SEC. He's going to get ready for his situation. I mean, he just committed to the Sooners, and he's the son of you know a, a four year starter in, in Bruce McClure uh, back in the day. So I mean, he he's he's he loves Oklahoma. I mean, his dad loves Oklahoma. It's all there for him as well. So. Two really good pickups for OU. You don't want to, you know, not not say, talk about both of them there, but both of them are pretty pretty good here pretty soon. Yeah, and do want to know too, um, like Tom kind of said with the rating, and a lot of people see three star and they're like, no, the three star we want high, we want four and five. He's an eighty nine rating, so he's going to be a four more than likely. That's one mm -hmm. point shy of a ninety, which is a four star. So 
most likely, I mean, I'm not going to guarantee it, but most likely by the time he actually signs, he'll be at least a four. Um, so this is a good get, like like James said. It's a good get. You pair him with Owen Holland back and some of the other guys in this group that they're also still chasing. And that 2025 class continues to be really, really good. And we've talked about it with Colin a couple times that the class in the state of Oklahoma is loaded in 2025. Oklahoma's already done a good job getting some of those guys, all those Carl guys, and then Jay Nickens, obviously, who uh, James has seen a couple of times, football and basketball. They're in good shape to put together a really good class, and it's just another piece of that uh, with Ryan Foggy. And I'll be sure to get Colin's thoughts on the Thursday show also uh, on Foggy, kind of where he fits in. Coming off that junior day that we talked about it last week, all the momentum they had coming off that. Here's your first splash get off of it. Uh, with Ryan Foggy. So good weekend uh, for OU hoops or uh, OU football will, on the recruiting side. And I will say, I mean, uh, it, the, the analysts at 24 7, they're, they're very careful with these stars coming out. I mean, you, you don't want to get to a point where you drop a guy. And so they, they try to, you know, come in yeah. low and then push him up. So that's something to keep in mind when you look at guys that are a little bit younger that have their, their stars already. So it's, it's, it's a chance. As, as, as Josh and Thomas said, there's a chance he'll be a four star here pretty soon uh, by next year. Especially 100%. 100%. So be sure to again keep up Oklahoma 247 sports.com. Colin Candy all over the recruiting side of it. More commits likely to come before too long. Uh, come off that junior day momentum. Had another one this past weekend. Talk about that more on the Thursday show. A lot of good things happening for Oklahoma in that 2025 class right now. The Sooners Illustrated podcast will be back after this short break. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. All right, shifting over, gridiron, hardwood. We'll start with men's hoops, and we'll let Tom bounce out before James and I get into women's hoops and a little bit of softball talk on the way out. Mm -hmm. Um, That was bad. Uh, Oklahoma went to Orlando over the weekend, played (laughs) UCF, and it was not pretty. Um, It just... The Jekyll and Hyde nature uh, of this team, and it's kind of the nature of the Big 12 because it's just every game is is tough. Every game is losable in the Big 12. It's just the way it is. But they go and they just whip Kansas State last Tuesday. I talked about it on the Thursday show. Biggest road win in the Big 12 in nearly a decade for Oklahoma. And they followed up with a stinker against UCF. Offense looked really bad. Um, nobody could get it going really offensively. Let Trey Darthur end up being your high scorer. Um, off the bench, uh, you know, in that game, Oklahoma lost pretty pretty comfortably to the Knights. They come back. They have BYU tomorrow. Tom, obviously, they're still pretty firmly in the tournament, so you're not smashing the red panic button. But the schedule after this week gets tough. They got Kansas and Baylor next week. I mean, you have got to take advantage of these home games, right? And that was not a pretty game uh, on Saturday against UCF. I, I know that you were out of town. You were on vacation at the time. You may have come back and looked at some highlights. But just where are you at, I guess, temperature check right now for this team after um, another just rough game uh, on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's been a pretty rough stretch. They've lost three yeah. or last four. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the, the Big 12 is just very cannibalistic. You, know, you look at the standings, every team has at least three losses. You know, 
where, where Oklahoma's at, basically smack dab in the middle of the standings. They're two games out of first place, but they're also two games up on last place. Um, so this is a very critical week for them. Um, you know, like, like you said, they're still pretty comfortably in the field right now. Um, I, I think even the, the advanced metrics give them like an 88% chance of being in the tournament at this point. Uh, a lot of the projections have them, you know, either a six, seven, or eight seed at this point. Um, but it, it's a big opportunity this week. First, you know, BYU tonight. Um, it's a chance to be on paper their biggest win of the season, like their biggest resume booster. Yeah. BYU, you know, they're ranked 21st. You know, similar record to Oklahoma right now, but they're number seven in the net rate rankings. Um, they're top 10 team in Ken Palm. They have one of the best offenses in the country and a really solid defense. You know, one of the better three-point shooting teams in the country too. Like this is going to be a very tough test for Oklahoma, but also a very big opportunity for them. Um, if they can get right at home and, you know, beat this BYU team, you know, you're right back in the thick of it in, in the Big 12. And then, you know, this weekend, other, another game at home, another very winnable game at home against an Oklahoma State team that has not been very good this season, even though they've, you know, picked up a couple big wins. They mm. just have, you know, they're not a great team. Um, but I mean, the, the Big 12 has been crazy. I mean, we saw it last night, the, the same Kansas State team that Oklahoma just walked yeah. 20 on the road, knocked off Kansas in overtime. Think of the same thing. Yeah, yeah it, it, like the, the parity in this league is just absurd. Now, night in, night out, it could be you know anybody's game, and you know that's what you know what Trey Arthur spoke to us about yesterday. You know, he was like, "Yeah, we we know you know any given night if it doesn't go our way, there's an opportunity to bounce back." Just the nature of this league because every game is big, and Porter Moser's message to this team: they know the opportunity that's in front of them against BYU. Um, they know they need to take care of business at home because they did not the previous time when they lost to Texas and Texas Tech. Um, you know, you need to value these opportunities at home because winning on the road in this league is just so difficult. Yeah, Kansas beats Houston pretty soundly. Um, you know, in at the fog over the weekend, Kansas State loses by twenty to OU and then loses to Oklahoma State, who has been the worst team in the Big Twelve. And then they turn around and they beat Kansas last night. Like you said, every game in the Big 12, really 1-14 to 14, any given Sunday. I mean, it, it really is. We knew it would be like that coming in, but it's kind of even exceeded expectations. And I think, I mean, what do we say coming into the year? Seven Big 12 wins? Eight maybe would be enough to get you in the tournament. There are four right now at the halfway point. So mm -hmm. you're trending the right way. But again, the schedule after this week gets tougher you got kansas uh, again now they come to norman this time but you got to play kansas again you got baylor next week you still have to play houston later on uh, down the road they come to norman also so you got some really big resume builder chances but those are obviously very tough games so you have to take advantage of these not that byu's not any good because they are they've had a maybe one of the bigger surprise pleasant surprises in the big 12 like tom said top 10 in net ranking they can really shoot the three porter mills was talking about that yesterday but it's a chance for a, a nice win you got to beat Oklahoma State, especially at home. Really, they probably need to get both, but especially at home. And then you just kind of see where you go from there. They're still in good shape to make the tournament, things like that. But they gotta, they gotta reel it in. And this is what we talked about a couple of times. Whenever the the skid happened, because it was gonna happen, the Big Twelve was way too good. Can you get it? Can you get it back on the tracks? And that kind of remains to be seen because it's kind of been slipping for a couple of weeks now. So, big game tonight. Really big game. Tom and I will be there at the LNC, seven o'clock tip. Be sure to tune in to the, the site, obviously, for Tom's coverage throughout the game 
and after the game and a YouTube channel for post-game reaction, Porter Moser and uh, some players afterward for what's sure to be um, a, a spicy post-game if they lose um, and probably a, a very a relief-filled one if they win because they, they need yeah. this one. They need yeah. it. It, it's it's really interesting just like looking at this team kind of from you know big picture you know because coming into the year you know they were picked to finish 12th mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the conference you know even though they've kind of experienced this rough stretch on the one hand they're still exceeding expectations based on where they are based on you know what we saw in non-conference play we knew we knew the big 12 schedule was going to be tough but on the other hand, you look at how good they looked during that non-conference stretch and even yep. at the beginning of conference play, and then you're like, man, what what, what happened? So it, it's like two, two sides of the same coin. Um, it's just you know weird to kind of temper expectations after you see such promise early on, but also understanding you know just the nature of the Big 12 and that, hey, th- this was going to be tough regardless. So, I mean, I, I think you know, even ESPN's latest bracket projections yesterday, um, I think it had nine big 12 teams in the field with mm. two more like just missing the cut. Um, it, it is a very difficult conference. Um, and like, like I said, Oklahoma is still in very good shape, but it needs to take advantage of some of these opportunities for these big wins at home. And none of them to this point will be bigger than BYU. Yeah. Unranked for the first time since November uh, after the loss to UCF. And we'll see, like we said, last time they were in this spot with coming off that Cincinnati win had two home games, and it was like, okay, a couple home games, take care of business. They lost them both. Uh, obviously, they, they can't have that happen again. So we'll see how they bounce back. Yeah, and and, and just one, one thing, look, people are going to be like, oh, man, they're, they're unranked. What happened? Obviously, you know, we, we discussed this rough stretch. But to provide some context, like they were in the, in the rankings for 10 straight weeks. That's the longest stretch that they've had in the AP poll since that Final Four season in 2016. Yeah, I, I believe it, yeah. So, look, this team is making steps in the right direction, even though it's, you know, stumbling here and there because that's just the nature of college basketball. You're dealing with 18 to 22-year-olds who, you know, aren't professionals. You know, these aren't NBA players. The variance in college basketball is so much wider than it is in the pro leagues. Um, and you're, you're going to have these stretches that are just clunkers. It's just a matter of do you have the, the fortitude, yeah. the tenacity to be able to get out of it and get right. Yeah. And I think you probably you win these two games. You're probably back in the poll next Monday. So mm-hmm. opportunities there still along. They just hit midway point in the Big Twelve. That was game nine. Nine more to go. Plus the Big Twelve tournament. So still some obviously some some runway here to get back on track and to be feeling good about things going into the postseason and uh, presumably back in the tournament for the first time under Porter Moser, first time in a few years uh, for that team. All right, Tom, we'll let you slide out. James and I are going to hit some women's hoops. Um, they had another huge win. They just just keep winning. It's insane. And then uh, we'll do some softball season preview as well on the back end. All right. Catch you guys later. All right, Tom. All right. So, yeah, the women's team, James, going the complete opposite direction of the men's team. It's been uh, kind of crazy. You talked about that a little bit last week, how it's like their seasons are just <laughs> like Oklahoma can't have both teams playing well at the same time. The women's team won Bedlam in Stillwater over the weekend. They're now back in the top 25. They're in first place in the Big 12 all alone because Kansas State lost again uh, on Saturday after Oklahoma beat them. I mean, I'm, I'm a little speechless at the turnaround. It, it's really – we talk about every week, and it just keeps going. They just keep winning. What can you say, man? I mean, they're playing really good basketball right now. They just keep winning. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. 
everything has, has gone their way so far, I, I feel like, as well. So, like, we talked about, you know, the four teams they beat early on and the newcomers to the league. I mean, those teams aren't very good in the Big 12. Let's just be honest at this point, yeah. right? So you have that, and you kind of you know kind of gives you momentum as you go go forward. And then you get, you know, Texas and Kansas State. I mean, yeah, Kansas State, they're missing a key player here and there, and you really take advantage of it, mm -hmm. right? So it's like you're winning those games that you absolutely need to win, and then you're, you're taking advantage of every opportunity these teams are giving you. And then, you know, Skylar, as we talked about, she's just been outstanding this year. I mean, just just – she took over. I wrote an article about this as she's just like blossoming to this, the the main scorer and the main leader of this yeah. team. It's it's amazing what she has done because she was just coming off the bench just just last year, and now she's the bona fide star on this team. I know they like to be a balanced unit and talk about it that way, but th this is what it is. Skylar's Skylar's the bona fide star of this team. If she doesn't go, this team isn't as good as they are as of right now. And so with her leading the way and and, and with with which Coach Jenny doing her thing, I mean they're just. They're really good right now. You know, there's something to be excited about. They're they're finally back into the top 25, which mm -hmm. is something they've been trying to get back to all season. Like it's just, like we said earlier, the men's basketball, the women's basketball, they're just polar opposites as it as it goes on. Women start a little slow, uh, you know, down the stretch of their you know a non-conference schedule, and the men were just going nuts. I mean, getting all what were they yeah. at like 11 at some point? Is that right? They were up there pretty high. Yeah, so. Top 10 when they played. They, oh well, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, like yeah. it was it was crazy how much it, it's changed since then. So I mean, OU's just been going on the run. They're taking yeah. every advantage they've had. They're they're playing cohesive basketball. I mean, they're just they're they're rocking at this point. Number one in the Big Twelve. I mean, can't really say doing too bad there. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Anytime you win Bedlam, it's good in any sport. Um, mm -hmm. Had another post game kerfuffle uh, a little bit there with uh, I guess J.C. Hoyt, the Oklahoma State coach. She she addressed the cry after after every game, which I I didn't I didn't know that was a thing. I, I, I guess the OU fans were kind of drowning her out a little bit. The They were getting a little Boomer Sooner thing going on. Obviously, most people probably remember last year, they tried to do their senior day after Oklahoma just won the Big 12 at Gallagher. That created a whole, again, kerfuffle. Um, Bedlam, man. Bedlam, it's the best. It's always – there's always something with Bedlam. It's too bad that uh, that's the last time, although they have to return the trip to Norman. Yeah. Obviously, later in the season here in, a, here in a couple weeks. But another opportunity, TCU on Wednesday comes to LNC. They go to Ames and then a couple of big ones with Baylor, West Virginia. Those are both top 25 matchups as of now. Obviously, there'll be a new poll next week. But mm -hmm. um, keep doing it. I mean, they, the, the the schedule's there. The runway, the you know treadmill, whatever I'm looking for here, is there for them to keep running and keep this thing going because you know the Big 12 doesn't really have – I mean, Kansas State's really, really good. Texas is mm -hmm. really good, but they just beat K-State. There's not a whole lot standing in their way if they continue to play like this of maybe going back to back and winning the Big 12 again. Still got a long way to go, but the pieces are there to do it. So it's exciting. I look forward to seeing what they can do on Wednesday. Exactly. I mean, as you said, like it's like I said, it's just following everything's been falling into place for them. I mean, it's, yep. it's been working really well, and they're work they've worked hard enough to take advantage of each thing. So I mean, it, it's just a good situation to be in right now. They're 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 in the they're they're leading it and they're they're doing their thing right now. So that's, that's pretty much it. 100%. Look forward to seeing what they do on Wednesday against TCU. James been covering that team very well, so be sure to keep up with the site, his coverage of women's hoops. Also, you, you, you talked about the Oklahoma State. That The Lexi Keys coming back to Oklahoma State. That's that true. Was, yeah, we got to bring that up. Yeah. They, added, they added a little bit to it. I mean, yes, I mean, she played for Oklahoma State last couple of years and switched yeah. to OU and has, has done really well for OU. So, I mean, it was that was pretty pretty fun to see at that time. Yeah, she so, felt comfortable, uh, she felt comfortable. Uh, there at Gallagher-Iba. 
Uh, she got started pretty hot there. A couple of threes yeah. just knocked him down. So, I mean, she's played in that gym so many times, I bet it's nothing to her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. probably felt, felt uh, yeah, there was some comfort level going mm -hmm. in there. No good, great, great deep, uh, yeah, pointed that out because, yeah, mm -hmm. that was a, a return trip for her, which there's <laughs> been more Bedlam transfers the last couple of years than, like, the previous decades before. I don't know what yeah, it's become, like, a normal thing. Mm -hmm. um, both in football's had it, uh, baseball's had it, women's hoops, like we just talked about, has had it. And uh, Alexi softball. Keys latest, and she got her revenge in there. So it's all both. We uh, we asked Trace Ford about it too. Yeah, like what 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 should you say to the other people that are doing it? It was like yeah, I can't remember what he said. It was like you know keep the noise down or something like that. Stay out yeah. of the noise. But it it was pretty. It's a pretty bizarre situation right now where we're at time. So it is. On that note, you talk about softball. Mm -hmm. Softball season starts on Thursday. It always kind of sneaks up the Diamond Sports. Um, yep. Because you're just in the, the heat of hoops and spring football's around the corner, and then it's like, holy crap, they play this week. Mm -hmm. And here we are. Softball opens up their season on Thursday. Uh, tournament play, they don't come to Norman until March, which will be at Love's Field. The, the plan is for that stadium to be ready to go um, by their home opener here in a few weeks. James, you were at the media day yesterday, uh, Monday evening. Patty Gasso's press conference is on the YouTube channel. If you want to go check that out, get some of her thoughts mm -hmm. uh, on the team. Obviously, I mean, goes without saying almost at this point, they're number one in the preseason poll. They've won three straight national titles. They are the favorites to make it four. It's not a given. It feels that way, but it's not. It's mm -hmm. not a given. They do have a lot of key pieces, names that you know, that fans know, that have watched their runs through Oklahoma City the last several years, that are still around. Jada Coleman's still around. Tiari Jennings still around. James, what's your thoughts here, just in general, going into the opener on Thursday? And is there any chance i guess or, or oklahoma's gonna win the national title again right i mean like, that's what i'm i'm trying to get to get at here is how stoned would it be if they didn't the team doesn't seem to have a lot of flaws just how do you kind of size up this year's team i guess in relation to maybe the previous years and what are you watching for this weekend as they open up their season i mean what from what i've got from the press conference i mean i see a very comfortable team nobody oh, yeah. seems to be panicking at all nobody seems to be Thinking about way down the line, everybody is. I mean, it's it's Jada Coleman said it. She's living in her where she's living where her feet are. She's just worried about right now. The team is very comfortable. They know about everything people on the outside are saying about the team. You know, Patty Gasol talked about it. it's hard to get this team to feel like they're the hunt. I mean, they're they're the hunting ones. They, they're yeah. only hunted now. Like she said, I always try to motivate them as if they were hunting somebody else. But now I just can't do it. She's like, I just I can't do it. Like they everybody knows how good they are. So. It's going to be a different model for this team this year. Just trying to figure that out and get to that that fourth straight title. I mean, but they also have the win streak. The, the win streak is still, you know, for them as well. They yeah. have the nation's longest win streak of consecutive games. So, um, it's a it's a it's a lot that goes on. I mean, one of the, some of the most important things I got from it is, you know, the the captains this year are going to be Ken, Kenzie Hansen and Tiara Jennings. Mm -hmm. Which I mean, that's what people are kind of waiting on to see who is going to be the captains now that you know some have graduated and. T.R.A. Jennings is actually going to move from second base to shortstop, which is an article I have up here probably by the time this podcast gets out. I mean, some of those big moves there. I mean, Patty Gasso said the outfit is also, you know, having some some battles here still. There's still some battles out there. Now, you know, Jada Coleman and Riley Boone are going to be starters, but, you know, different right. rotations throughout the year are still up for debate at this point in time. So there's there's some movement here. There's some movement. You know, it's just players getting back into the fill of things and getting back into the swing of things and, I mean, hey, it's this week, man. It's it's just about that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's going to be fun, man. Yeah, they're in the uh, Puerto Vallarta College Challenge. 
which is down in Mexico, I believe. They mm-hmm. play Utah Valley on Thursday morning, and then they play Duke, who's actually a top ten team. Yeah, pretty um, good. Later in the day uh, on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, like we said, a lot of the key pieces are back. Names, you know, obviously the big one is Jordy Ball, not there. James, I did the reaction way back last summer, like forever <laughs> ago, when she made that move to Nebraska. So you don't have her, but they brought in Kelly Maxwell from Oklahoma State. We kind of alluded to Nicole May still around, um, and they have a lot of other young arms, as they always do, coming up through the ranks. And it's going to be fun to see them do their thing. It's always fun. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma fans love softball, and we were going to be covering it very well on the site. James will be all over all season long. And uh, if if all goes according to plan, we'll be you know in Oklahoma City at the end of this thing, covering it all the way <laughs> wire to wire. Uh, they should be a force to be reckoned with again, as they always are. Uh, not a team with a lot of flaws. And like James said, kind of just really they're only the only that can ever be. I've kind of been saying this for a couple of years, but especially going into this year, going for your fourth in a row, the only that can really beat that team, that program, is themselves. It's just mm-hmm. a lack of motivation and a lack of having the edge because it's got to be hard to have that edge when you've dominated for multiple years. I mean, Jada Coleman, you know, Coleman, that, that class, all they know is, is national titles. Literally that's all mm-hmm. they've ever done. And very, very few losses uh, even in there in the regular season. So if they stay locked in, it's going to, it's going to be really tough to ever beat them, especially twice in the postseason format. So Excited. Yep. I'm excited to see what they do this week. And I'm excited for Love's Field whenever that opens here in a few weeks. That first home game is going to be going to be glad you. I'm glad you pointed it out because Patty Gasso said she's actually waiting to get a chance to actually coach and teach again. And right now, she just has yeah. these players that know exactly everything to do. So <laughs> she's just like sitting around. She said, next year, I'll be able to really coach again. So like you see a lot of what Jada Coleman and them said. They're, they're kind of just helping out the younger players yeah. um, You know, at this point. They, they do something. And most of what they're doing is just like, Okay, yeah, teaching these guys how to do it for when we leave. I mean, Alyssa Brito, Jenny Coleman said Alyssa Brito is also part of that unit, even though she's only been there a couple of years because she had she transferred mm-hmm. from a different school. So, I mean, there's there's some things they got to work out there with with just those 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 older players helping out the younger players, and that's just how much it is right now. It's just pretty cool, pretty cool situation to be in. And yeah. you talk about the stadium. Patty Gasol also dropped a bomb saying the stadium really isn't going to be all the way finished until like mid-April. Yeah. So they're going to be able to play on it for the games, but the team won't be able to necessarily just move in, you know, move in their lockers and things like that until about mid-April. So, okay, yeah. kind of different, you know, kind of different there, but. It'll be know, like a soft launch. Soft launch for them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and the fans will still launch. get their full experience. They'll get to, the, you know, be out there. They don't, I don't think the trophy room and all that stuff's going to be done yet, but we'll see. We'll see where it's at at that point in time. Yeah, that'd be cool. I got to say the the scoreboard, though, the in the shape of the Oklahoma – Silhouette, the state silhouette, yeah, sick. That's great. That's a great uh, design. That I is, love that. So that's awesome. Coach, Coach Gasol said when she first heard that that was going to happen, she was like, "Man, that's so corny. I don't, I don't think we should I do that." And then, and then she saw it, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, this is cool." Like that's what she said at the <laughs> at the press from a guy who, This yeah. come from a guy too that you know here in a, uh, you know about two months from now when OU has their spring game and they use the spring mm-hmm. game logo, which is the state with the OU logo inside the state, the white Oklahoma that, you know, most people see. I've been in favor of making that just the permanent midfield logo for a while because that logo is awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for the Oklahoma silhouette, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. It was It's great. So excited for that. Coming up this week, and uh, they have a few tournaments, like I said, then they do come home at the very beginning of March for that first Love's Shield Open, and that'll be uh, that'll be really cool. I may even have to join James for that. I may, I may make my way down to Norman. We'll, yeah, we'll it's going to be awesome, man. We need to I get your video skills out there. Yeah, I will plug too. Like I said, Patty Gasso's press conference is on the YouTube channel from yesterday. Mm-hmm. 
The baseball media day is tomorrow, Wednesday. Their season opens next week uh, down in Arlington. I'm planning to go down for the opener uh, next week. So Diamond Sports are here. Uh, we're going to have you covered all season long. James going to be working that softball beat. I'm going to be all over baseball. And uh, we'll have you covered all season long on the site for what the Diamond Sports are doing. Obviously, this overlap period with basketball is hectic, but we'll uh, we'll cover it well. And then spring football will be here for you know it. Busy, busy times of spring is a lot of fun. It's low-key as busy as our entire year is when all these sports kind of mesh at once. But it's yeah. a great time. The weather gets better. It's just it's just beautiful. This is a great time of year. We're getting close to a lot of great uh, great things. Yep. Uh, postseason basketball, it's great. Great time of year. So I'm excited for what we got coming up. All right, I think that's it. Be back on Thursday. Colin Candy will be on the show. Talk about all the latest recruiting news. Obviously, I'll get his breakdown of Fodgy. Anybody else is expecting a pop here very, very soon. Coming off another Junior Day weekend. We'll obviously talk about any other uh, OU staffing change. Maybe some rumors on who's going to replace Jay Nunez. We'll also, of course, recap the week that was for OU Hoops. Big game tonight. OU-BYU Tom will be there at the LNC. Hope you tune in then. The three of us will be back on Monday to recap all the latest OU football and basketball and probably opening weekend for softball too. We'll talk to you then. For Tom Green earlier, James D. Jackson, I'm Josh Calloway. We'll see you guys next time on the Sooners Illustrated podcast. See you.